Welcome to Makers Chat, a podcast community for creatives. I'm your host, Danielle Kaminsky, artist, maker, and educator from Spartanburg, South Carolina. Join me as we share our stories and explore the topics that are most important to creative entrepreneurs and makers. So, hey, everybody, we're back for another episode, and I am here today with Carrie Hollingsworth. Hey, Carrie. Hi, how are you? I am great. How are you doing today? Good. Awesome. Um, I found Carrie on Instagram, I don't know, probably a few months back, but you do the most amazing like weaving and upholstery, like hybrid work, and it's incredible. So if you don't mind, if you would just tell our listeners a little bit about you, where you're from, how you got started in fiber art and, and what your business looks like. Yeah, sure. Well, thank. firstly, thank you so much for having me on. Um, where it started, gosh, it feels like it just evolves so quickly, it's hard to sort of keep track. Um, but where it started, I had, oh, sorry, where I live first is in Australia, <laughs> if you can't tell from my accent. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm out in um, country Victoria in a really beautiful spot surrounded by nature, um, and which is actually the basis of you know, my inspiration through my work. But um, I started off doing upholstery and just as a side hobby business, I was a flight attendant and I wanted something a bit more crafty and hands-on. So I started to learn upholstery. Um, and it basically got to a stage where I was starting to shift my personal life into being a bit more eco-conscious and, and recognising how much uh, waste was around um, and certainly coming from myself and from my workshop. And so I, I basically just looked at my business and went, okay, well, how can I create it in a way that's not um, impacting the environment that... Um, there's not as much waste coming from the workshop. And I looked at what I was throwing away and it was all these beautiful fabric scraps and offcuts and, you know, all the bits and bobs. And I thought, surely there's some way that I can utilise these. And so it was just a bit of a brainstorming session and I thought, well, maybe I could weave them. And I'd never done any weaving at all at that stage. I'd never even, you know, thought about it. But I've always been quite crafty. Um, so I took a little workshop to learn how to weave just you know the basic techniques and and how to's um and then I began playing and so I was using all my fabric off cuts and had this visual that kept popping up in my head of a of a beautiful upholstered chair with the back of it all woven with the fabric scraps and the trim off cuts and it's just a vision that kept coming to me and it was like it was an idea tapping me on the shoulder saying you know go on try it try it and I'm like oh no I don't know if I can I haven't seen anyone do it before and yeah. and it just kept tapping me on the shoulder so I'm like I'm gonna have to try it and and so in the safety of my workshop with no one around and no one looking I, I just tried this idea out and I just fell in love and it just sort of evolved from there so yes I love it it's, it's <laughs> incredible how Thank long you. have you been doing upholstery work so upholstery, I started, oh gosh, it must be eight or nine years ago. Okay. Um, and like I said, it was just a side hobby that then turned into a, like a little business. Um, but I don't think it was ever going to be my everything, you know, like it never, it never felt like that was going to be my full-time gig until I sort of really um, 
created my own unique style and that and that's something that just sort of set my soul alight and then it was just no question because it was it wasn't as if now it it truly feels like I'm not working as such I'm just doing me you know like this is just a part of me it's not my business my business isn't separate from Kerry Hollingsworth it's all you know in the same thing because it's just so much a part of me so yeah, which is, it makes so much sense. So you recently rebranded a little bit too because you changed your business to reflect that, that it was just you. Um, yeah. And before it was, was it Antiquate? Antiquate, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and and I mean, I, I love, so that name basically, I, I started Antiquate when I started Furniture Upholstery. So although I loved the name and what it represented and and the journey that Antiquate had had, it really felt like it was time that I was no longer just doing upholstery, you know, like I was I was sort of my own my own brand in a way. Yeah. So I really had to make that move to and it was a bit sad it felt a bit sad for me saying <laughs> goodbye to Antiquate. It's yeah. funny how that that those emotions sort of work but um it really felt like I was stepping into the next evolution of my art yeah Yeah, once I said goodbye to it (laughs) I could just keep gushing you guys are gonna have to follow the links to see her work incredible (laughs) what um so you were talking about the fact that you get a lot of your inspiration from nature and Mm -hmm. I've seen some of your pieces where you've incorporated some nature elements what what is that like is that just more playing do you take a lot of nature walks (laughs) yeah I do I mean we live on we live on 30 acres so we we are surrounded by nature um we're out in the country so I'm very very lucky that I have so much inspiration around but I mean for even people that live in in the cities or in suburbs I mean there's still there's still nature around that you can sort of find inspiration in and and I think when I made that move to um, be a bit more conscious of my um, impact on the environment, mm-hmm. I think that sort of makes you look at nature in a whole new way. So it just it makes you notice things that I don't think I ever noticed before. And whether it was, um, you know, my age, my life experience, my like where I was living at the time, like I don't know what it was, maybe a combination of everything. But I know now because I'm very conscious of how I leave my footprint on the on the planet, I'm I guess I'm more in tune with nature. Um, and, yeah, taking inspiration is easy because there's so much around, like from colours to textures to patterns to, you know, just even the evolution of nature and how it works and how it regenerates after bushfires and things like that. It's just so fascinating. Yeah. I just I'm, I'm remembering as you're talking about that and you're talking about the colour palettes, there was a piece that I saw that you used some really vibrant purples which was a little different because I could use a lot of neutral colors, but then mm-hmm. you had it out in a field with a sunset and it was yeah. like, oh, wow, it really was. I mean, it was a nature thing. It was yeah. beautiful. I think it's so easy to think of nature as greens and browns. You know, mm-hmm. it's so it's so easy. And I mean, I, I guess depending where you are in the world as well. Um, but there is so much vibrancy to nature when you start when you start really noticing everything around you, there is a lot of vibrancy. I know my um, mm-hmm. my mum 
is great at gardening and she's got a beautiful garden and she's got all native Australian plants. And we think of native Australian plants, again, as all the muted sort of tones. And her garden is the most, especially springtime now, it's just, it's so bright and beautiful. And they're all just native, you know, plants. Yeah. I love it. I love it. (laughs) So do you display, I mean, how do you, you know, again, I'm, I'm over here in the States. I found you on Instagram and I'm just gushing over the pictures, but how do you get your work out there? Is it mostly commission or do you work with galleries? How does that work? Yeah. So I've had a few exhibitions. So I've only been doing upholstery art, this whole concept. Oh goodness. How it must be in its fourth year because yeah. And the only reason I can keep track of the years is because it was when I was on maternity leave from my flying job with my first daughter, um, Betty, and she's about to turn five. So I know that she was a little baby when I was sort of playing around with this. And um, so in that time, I've had a few exhibitions. um, And yeah, social media is great for that, you know, as well. So um, and then yeah, I've had I've had commissions, and then people have seen what I've made because they've seen their friend's chair or something like that. Yeah. So it just sort of word of mouth works as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely use social media a lot for um, for I guess exposure. And who is this little one that's hanging out with us? <laughs> this is Mac, and Mac. Mac was going to be asleep, but Mac's. <laughs> not wanting to be asleep so apologies <laughs> to your listeners if you can hear me ruffling around here I'm no, he's being be very good a six-month-old happy while we're chatting oh <laughs> what's that like so is your is your workspace on your property it you is yeah home? yeah so I work at home um and it just works well with you know putting Mac dropping my daughter off at kinder putting Mac down to sleep and then getting out for a few hours so but like any any working from home sort of scenario it's different every day and and especially with kids involved as well and um but I'm very lucky to have my workshop on our property so even if if worse comes to worse and I just need the time out there once they've gone to bed at night I can go out there and you know spend a few hours so yeah yeah so you said that before you um before you really added in the the artistic element and took it more like upholstery art, that upholstery was kind of just a side job for some extra money. What were you doing before all of this? So that that's when I was a flight attendant. So right. yeah, I remember you said that. Yeah, so it was it was more I was flying and I, I absolutely adored flying and I always thought that I would go back after having our daughter. Um, but then when I started upholstery art, it was like my heart was just set on fire with this new idea that just spoke to me so deeply. And so I just couldn't see myself doing anything else. Um, And then also becoming a mother, things change and your priorities change, of course. So um, a little more, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. I I keep thinking, so you've got – I'm, I'm trying to envision some of the pieces. So I know that you do the upholstery mm-hmm. art. I remember seeing a photo and I never quite, I couldn't figure out maybe if it was the top of an ottoman or are you also creating oh. some wall art pieces? Yes. So both. So I've both. done, I've, um, I've made some ottomans that were actually a 
part of a collaboration and I wove the top okay. of that ottoman. Um, I also make my own pieces and, and weave around the sides and I've done workshops um, to teach people how to weave and I've made the yeah. ottoman and then they've woven the around the sides of the ottomans. Um, but then I'm also doing wall art as well. So the evolution, I guess, of, of um, the things that I'm making, it's not just the furniture, it's um, wall art and even fibre art cushions as well. Um, but as any, anything, you know, techniques and processes all change and evolve as you go and as you learn and because this is still very new, you know, it's it's only four, four and a half years in, so I'm still yeah. very much working out. Well, I guess, I mean, I don't think it's it's something that you're never actually there because it's right. always a process, isn't it? It's always an evolution. Yeah. So I think the first few years I almost was waiting for that stage of being there and being it and, you know, like um, having, having, I guess, how do I word this? Like um, just, I guess, knowing how to do it all, but it's like that you never actually know everything because it's right. always an evolution. So yeah. when, when you're comfortable and familiar with one process, then your mind goes, oh, but what about this? What about adding nature in? Or what about, you know, and it, and it throws up a whole bunch of curveballs that you need to then work around and see if it's going to work in your pieces and um yeah, so my sometimes sometimes when an idea comes up, I go, oh, goodness, brain, you know, like I thought I had it all sorted. I thought <laughs> I knew what I was doing and now you've put another curveball in my mind and I want to try it and, you know, we go back to the practising. Yeah. <laughs> you do a lot of, I know you were talking about the being eco-friendly and that's really important to you and you dye a lot of your own fibre, right, when you're doing or just sometimes? So I, that was with a collaboration with another artist that okay. she's actually um, great at um, dyeing her own fibres. And so okay. I was learning from her. So that one that you would have seen, that okay. that wouldn't have been me taking the reins there. That <laughs> definitely would have been Z to the other artist. And I've actually got another collaboration coming up with um, another beautiful fibre artist, Norton, who also dyes his own um, fibres. Okay. Okay. So that's that's another thing that I would love to experience a lot more and experiment a lot more with mm -hmm. um but um yeah we're just time when time permits yeah. that's something that I'll dip my toes in but I'm, I'm certainly enjoying learning off the other artists that I do work with as well yeah. um I one thing that I've always said is and basically this comes down to my environmental um values I guess is if I'm buying fiber new I will buy um you know 100% natural fibers that are usually eco-dyed and all the rest um whereas if I'm using recycled fibers they could be you know of anything because I, I just trying to stop them going to landfill but yeah. if I'm buying something new I'm going to make the best environmental choice that I can yeah so like recycled or yeah, yeah, natural. yeah, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> what is your favorite to work with? So like you know, our listeners are all over the map as far as their creative stuff. But I've in the past couple of years started playing with with some weaving and stuff. What are your favorite types of fibers to work with when you're working oh. on these pieces? That's a really good question. Um, I. I'm more, I, I'm really drawn to textures. 
So instead of type of um, like, you know, how they were made, it's more, it's more the texture Mm -hmm. um, and mix and matching textures as well as colors. So I, it's like my brain reads textures like you would read in a book, you know, (laughs) or, or it reads fibers like you would read a book. Um, But the ones that usually um, I'm drawn to all the time, they're, they're quite, um, a chunkier style or they've got some beautiful um even discrete texture about them and it's the same with fabrics when I'm when I'm playing with fabrics it's usually the ones that that you know when you see some sort of textile and it's like your hand is drawn to wanting to touch them and it's like and they're never usually super smooth like it's always because it's got something about it and and they're they're the ones that I'm usually drawn to is is something that's got a bit of texture to it yeah do you guys have a lot of like I would imagine I'm assuming again not from Australia I'm just making assumptions based on what I've heard and seen but um do you guys have a lot of agriculture there where you're going to have a lot of like alpacas and sheep and that kind of thing where there's a lot of fiber coming naturally where you are yeah, absolutely. We actually have our own sheep on our property. So wow. another another thing that I'm wanting to start doing is spinning the wool yeah. ourselves. And and look, I haven't, there's just so many areas, so many facets to, you know, this craft that I'm wanting to learn. Mm. Um, I, I was very lucky that I had um, my nana and popper alive until just not too long ago and they were sheep farmers so they taught me a lot about the wool and um you know they've got they had the spinning wheels and and they dyed their own wool so I was able to learn a lot from them um I feel like I just need a full-time babysitter so I get probably the time at this point but it's it's very much on the on the list of things that I would love to do my my mum spins wool as well so I watch her and and ask her lots of questions as well so but that's definitely um that whole closed loop cycle of you know of of growing what I'm wanting to use in my art and and that's the same with the nature that I'm using that's from walks around our property or walks around you know our area um and things that are like pieces of bark and again that comes back to the texture I just see bark and the texture or patterns on it and I just fall in love and I pick it up because I can use that in an artwork as well so it's, it's so so often my my daughter will come home from kinder and um and say oh mom I found this for you and it's a leaf or it's a bit of bark or you know she's told her school teachers that oh no I've got to keep this for my mom she'll use it in her artwork so it's it's really sweet to see her looking at nature differently as well like she might see a leaf that's got interesting colors through it and she'll know that it's really special and yeah it's nice that's precious and that's just another way of this is something that's passing down through your family. That's really cool that you've got those connections with your grandparents and your mom. Yeah. Are you yeah. ever, do you ever use the fibers that your mom has spun in your work? 
Yeah, so mum actually sat at one of my workshops once that I was um, holding and I had um, saved all the uh, offcuts, all the tiny little bits of um, fibres and she was actually spinning that together to make uh, scrap yarn, so out of all my scraps. So it, it's amazing using that. Again, and the little pieces of fibre reminds me of the work that I was working on for that piece and then seeing them in a whole new light and, and using them in a new artwork it's just yeah it's really fun lots of fun memories yes oh I love that that's so much fun so what are your workshops like when you have a workshop what does that look like okay so I've had it kind of looks different each time but it depends (laughs) on how many people and and what we're making so I've had workshops for um framed fiber which is the wall art Mm -hmm. and then workshops for ottomans like I described earlier and um, they're usually quite smaller groups, very slow and calm and just mm-hmm. it's just a really beautiful day or weekend. Some of them are two days. Um, and I, I really feel like they're different depending on the the people that come. It's always a really it feels like a very soul nourishing experience for me, even running it yeah. as well as for the um for the participants because it's weaving is I mean you said you did a little bit of weaving is that right mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and it's just you know how relaxing it can be and just you, you just sort of almost space out into yeah. another world so there's not a lot of I mean there's a lot of chit chat and yummy food and some laughs and stuff but in between all that it's just really um slow and present and still and a really nourishing sort of experience it's really beautiful more of a retreat than a workshop it sounds like yeah it feels like it yeah and I mean how often in life do we really say okay this whole day is for me and what I want to do it's sort of almost when you take yourself out of your home where oh, I'll just put the washing on or I'll just make lunch I'll just this that and the other and mm-hmm. you know they've got their food prepared for them and they just get to sit down and just do what they feel called to do you know with, yeah. with the textiles so yeah. yeah it's really nice that sounds like a dream <laughs> <laughs> I would love to have you at one of them one day. I know maybe when the world opens back up the timing yeah. will work out somehow that would be so awesome absolutely what um are there other ways that you're able to combine your environmental values with your work aside from just the using pieces from nature and recycling your materials um I think for me it's one thing that I guess surprised me and I didn't realize at the start that this would happen but it's more so um starting the conversation for other people um Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people have seen my chairs and not necessarily understood them which is fine and and you know then certainly not for everyone um but then when they've learned about why I do what I do and what I'm using for the artwork um, it sort of started that conversation and I've had a lot of people, you know, start using bamboo toothbrushes because they hear a story that I tell about, you know, when I first learned about, you know, waste statistics and, and all the rest of it. It was a conversation I had with a girlfriend about um, plastic toothbrushes and how many are in landfill and how long they take to um, degrade and all the rest of it and and just telling those stories and living 
my, I guess my, with my new values, it's sort of encouraging others to look at things a little bit differently as well. So I guess that's one way through, through conversation as well as through my art. So just the awareness element that you're able to bring just because of the eyes on you. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's something that I never really anticipated until people would come and see me in exhibitions and, and say, oh, you know, I, I was going to throw all these out, but I actually see that they're beautiful fabrics. So I think I can't use them, but maybe you can, or maybe someone else can. So instead of just throwing things in the bin, they're, you know, looking at things a little bit differently, I guess. Yeah. Mm. So as someone who regularly rips up old fabrics, um, we we use remnant fabrics. So I have a store here where I live and we use remnant fabrics as ties on our bags at checkout. (laughs) So we're always ripping fabric into strips. So I wonder if you have any tips for taking your remnants and turning it into pieces to work with aside from just cutting or ripping. Is there anything else that you do with it creatively? Um, no, so usually the bits that are like, because I'm using my upholstery scraps, they're all different. Like I'm not starting with a nice meter by meter (laughs) fabric where I can cut the, or rip the straight lines. So I think, I mean, for me, usually I'm looking at the pieces of textiles and that's kind of telling me what it needs almost. Yeah. I know that sounds a little yeah. bit funny, but I had, um, I'm not sure if you've seen one of my earlier pieces. Her name is Penelope. She's a really bright teal blue color. And there's little bits of fabric that are all, you know, like maybe a few inches um, long and I looked at those and went okay well they're really small I can't really weave those what can I do so I cut them in the shape of little they're almost leaf shape but they're supposed to be feathers because she's a um uh like a bird uh what am I trying to say a peacock do you have peacocks we do peacocks over there yeah yeah. so it, it was like I had peacock feathers on the back of it and and stuff so the smaller bits of fabric it was sort of those pieces gave me the idea to sew them and to sort of put them around the chair like little feathers so it's more so the piece that that gets my brain moving to go okay what can I do with this more so than having a list of things that I do with them yeah no I totally get that I totally get that so I'm I'm actually I'm on your Instagram I'm scrolling back I'm like I want oh yeah it might be it it might be um quite actually maybe it may be way too far back you know but that's okay too (laughs) (laughs) I can send you a link though (laughs) yeah because that sounds really cool so when you do you I mean, I was about to say, where do you find your inspiration? But I mean, do you ever run out? I mean, do you just always have ideas that are like, okay, this is what I'm going to start today because I've been thinking about this thing for three months. I always have too many ideas. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, just just slow down, brain, just slow down. <laughs> but I think I actually don't think you can. Okay. So this was a process for me. At the start, yes, I thought that, okay, I do this and I do it once and then that's all I can do it. Yeah. But like as in the idea. Um, but then I've worked out that inspiration is never ending. Like you yeah. cannot possibly run out of inspiration. And, and especially when nature is your biggest inspiration, like 
there are no two leaves exactly identical you know like everything is just slightly different and then and even when I have a design idea when I work on the art piece it um it evolves even whilst I'm working on it so it's not just it's not just the design idea that pops into mind, but as I yeah, as I work on it, it, it evolves. So it's it's never ending in the way of like I actually I should probably try this. You know, have an idea for either a chair. Or, see again, it just it didn't stop. I'm like, I love I'm it. have to write that down. I love it. Um, having an idea, say you know a theme, and then you could do three, four, five. 100 pieces on that theme and they would all look completely different and I think that's got to do with how you're feeling at the time of of creating um obviously you know the pieces around you but I think where you are in yourself at the time of creating I think is that yeah it almost imprints the work of where you are at that stage as well. I remember once I was working on a chair, a commission for a client, and my partner and I had had a bit of a disagreement. It wasn't a bad disagreement. It was just we had a disagreement and I needed to get it out of the house. So I went to the workshop and started weaving because I needed to finish this, this chair. And the next morning I went back out there and I looked at the chair and went, no, that's wrong. I need to take it apart. And I'd done, I think I'd done about three hours of work on it, but I took it all apart. Not No one else would have been able to see it, but I felt like my frustrations of the night before were imprinted in in that chair and I couldn't allow that to go to the client's home and to be a part of her life and her family's life with that emotion imprinted in it so I ended up taking the whole side of the chair apart and then reweaving it and again like I said no one would have known but I looked at it and I could give that to her knowing that it was just so full of love and and consciously like the the energy involved in that chair was different to when I went out there a bit frustrated so (laughs) I've learned my lesson from doing that one yeah a long time ago totally that makes sense though and especially I could imagine with some with you know something like weaving and your your frustration or in your tension really does show up in your work (laughs) (laughs) because you know so I could could see that yeah (laughs) So do you, I, I think if I've, if I'm recalling correctly, some of the different things I've seen, you do the weaving, but you also do like some latch hook elements. Do you ever, and you do macrame as well? I can't remember. Do you do macrame? Uh, I have done it, but uh, sort of just little elements to add to it. I haven't done any big, um, I forget that you call it macrame. We call it macrame here. Oh, well, <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so I haven't really done any macrame. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to say it right um, for client work. Um, just like little, like I, I make ropes and things like that, like um, twisting gotcha. fibers together and stuff for in uh, the weavings. But then I can do a few little um, macrame techniques and yes. add those in as well. But the latch hook was more of a Actually, that Penelope, that peacock inspired chair, that was uh, the first time I did latch hook, and I never realized how time consuming it was. It's it's 
it's next level. (laughs) So, but now I'm, I really enjoy doing latch hook and that's majority of the time. That's um, what I'm using instead of the weaving. Um, But again, that's just an evolution of my art practice. So some chairs and some pieces of furniture call for weavings, other others call for latch hook. I just sort of read the piece piece by piece and work out what it needs and, and what type of art it needs and how best it's suited to first of all attach to the piece you know because everything's different but um yeah just try try everything I can yeah I'm like I'm dying to try it just because it looks so cool and then I'm like I feel like I'd be in way over my head but I just I love looking at the pictures of all your work it's amazing oh thank you thank you well hopefully I inspire you to give it a go yeah you know I've got a little ottoman it doesn't matter if I mess it up I'll give it a try that's it that's it and and that was like when I first had this idea and my head kept going, oh, no, no, I can't do that, I can't do that, it's like, well, I can do it in the safety of my my little space. It doesn't have to be, you know, online for everyone to see if that makes you feel more comfortable. Yeah. And it's just, it's just about playing, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I'm real curious, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess that the, the answer to this is probably that you've done both. Do you typically upholster first and then add a weaving element, like maybe stitch your loom, so to speak, on there and weave? Or do you create weavings and attach them to the fabric and then wrap, like, upholster your furniture? So it's always the upholstery first. Okay. Um, and the the reason being is because when you reupholster, say, a chair, mm-hmm. the back piece is the last piece of fabric to go on all the time. Mm-hmm. So because you need to pull the fabric through from the front to the back. So the way the the process of upholstery requires you to have the back of the chair open for you to be able to staple it off and um, okay. attach it properly. Um, the only difference um, has been when I first started, I created a huge loom to then weave on this loom and then take it off the loom and attach it to the chair that process has since changed to when I'm weaving on a chair I'll attach the warp threads to the actual chair and weave directly onto there so um, a few little things like that have changed but always the upholstery first and I think too because once a once a furniture piece is reupholstered um it's sort of it's almost like I get to know the piece of furniture by stripping it down and reupholstering it. Mm-hmm. And then that then means sometimes the design changes slightly um, with the fiber art. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's it's almost like the initial meeting is me <laughs> redressing the chair. And then, mm. yeah, the fiber art is just the the final, I mean, I say the final part, but, I mean, the final part that takes 40 hours or whatever, Yeah. Um, the long final part. But, yeah, it's like adding the jewelry on top of your exactly. outfit, it's you know. The, the dressing, the, the finishing yeah. touch, yeah. Yeah, that's it. it. <laughs> What's the farthest you've ever shipped one of your pieces? I um I have a sister that lives over in England so I actually took one over to her an ottoman over to her and I have shipped a few pieces not chairs but smaller items I've um like cushions and ottomans over to Canada okay um 
I'm actually half Canadian, so I've got a lot of friends and family in Canada. So, oh, fun. Yeah. yeah. I've, got friends, I've got friends in Canada. My husband is travels there for work sometimes. Oh, okay. What, what part oh, of Canada? Canada. Uh, just up the coast from Vancouver. Okay. So along okay. the west coast, a little small town called Power River. That's where my dad was born and grew up. So. Yeah, they're they're over in Nova Scotia. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> the different sides, but, you know, yeah. so, <laughs> I was curious. I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so fun so fun yeah thank you so much for talking to me I have just thoroughly enjoyed this and been soaking it up we I usually wrap up with some rapid fire questions if you're game sure. okay so <laughs> do you prefer books or movies oh I'm actually a- Sorry, I know you want quick questions, but I, I don't no, think I can do quick questions. It's totally okay. I say rapid fire and some people are like, oh, yeah, and they answer them really fast. But I'm just sort of like, it's really just get to know your questions. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure, sure. Um, I find that I do watch movies, but I enjoy books more. But sometimes I need to be in the right. I, I think with a newborn, I mean, he's six months yeah. old now, he's not a newborn, my eyes get really tired, yeah. <laughs> really easy when I'm reading, but I enjoy books more, but I think movies are easier just as a, yeah. you know, just for mm-hmm. the moment, just to space out a little bit, but I right. do enjoy books more. <laughs> do you ever listen to audiobooks? Yes, in the yeah. workshop all the time. I love yeah. audiobooks. <laughs> Absolutely. So, is spring for you, but it's fall for us. So I've yes. been asking everyone, are you team apple or team pumpkin? Oh, I, this might be a frustrating answer, but there are so many things of every season that I adore. Yeah. I feel like every time it changes, like when it went to winter, I'm like, oh, I love the open fireplaces and being all snug in bed when it's warm and then spring comes. I'm like, oh, the the flowers are coming out and it's just yeah. so pretty to be outside. And then, you know, summer is a beautiful time. It is really hot up where we are, but it's still so beautiful. And then autumn I just love the changing colors yeah of autumn um and especially the the really cute little town that my daughter goes to kinder and they've got the most beautiful autumn trees everywhere and just seeing them change colors and falling like it's just such a magical feeling so yeah I don't I don't think I can I can it's like picking a favorite <laughs> child you like it all <laughs> yeah I do I really do that's cool I really do and then I've been, I've kind of changed it up lately. I used to, well, I still ask all the questions. If you had, <laughs> if you could travel back in time to any time period in history, where would you want to visit and, and what, like what era and what country or area would you want to visit? Wow. That <laughs> is a question. Um. <laughs> I don't know. I've. I, this is going to sound funny, but I would love to go to an Elvis concert. <laughs> so yeah. I would love to be able to. I mean, I know that's not all that long ago, but I would just love to be able to experience him in person. Yeah. Just. Um. Yeah. I just. I adore his music, and I would just love to experience that um uh, it's like the emotions that are there you know of all the screaming fans and everything it just seems really really fun um 
yeah, that I mean, that's probably not. I, I'm sure that we're going to hang up from this call, and I'm going to think of like 30 other things and go, Carrie, why didn't you say that? That's all, a lot better. It's more but fun now, when you say the first thing that you think of, though, yeah. because that's just you know. Yeah, for now, I just want to meet Elvis. Yeah. And that's, I think, that's completely legitimate. Honestly, that's a pretty good answer. Okay. Do you prefer the beach or the mountains? Uh, the mountains. The mountains. My yeah, my my soul feels alive, like in like amongst really big trees, and yeah, yeah I just, there's something about trees that it just really captures my energy. Yeah, I do love the beach as well. <laughs> Here I go again, typical Lebron <laughs> wanting like to sit on the fence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But something about trees. So so give me a forest, a mountain. You know, like yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's me too. And it's unpopular where I am because we're only a few hours from the beach and everyone loves the beach and wants to go to the beach. And I'm like, beach is okay. I want the mountain. I want to go to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, if time, money, resources, if none of that was of any consequence, where would you go travel to tomorrow? I would I would travel to England to visit my sister because we've been apart for a few years because yeah. of everything that's going on and I miss her dearly and she's like well I mean she she she's part of my heart you know right. part of my heart and soul and I just want to give her a big hug yeah so that's where I'd go yeah did you guys grow up in Australia yes yeah okay. we did yeah yeah she only moved over uh three just over three years ago or yeah, yeah, just over three years ago. So yeah, I miss her. <laughs> sure, I'm sure that makes us. That's a good. That's a completely good answer too. Because <laughs> I'd be missing my sister. She was that far away from me too. So yeah, any yeah. of them, I have four. But, oh, well. <laughs> but yeah, I would be sad if any of them were that far away. I have yeah, a I think it just who's in Europe right now. And oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I think it's no, just sister, the sister-in-law. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. The um with what's going on at the moment, just the feeling like you can't just jump on a plane and, and go over right. there. I think, I think that's, that's what changes the feeling more. So, I mean, I'm, she's doing what she loves and she's amazing and all the rest of it, but yeah, just the, the not being able to jump on the plane and see each other is hard. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you again so much for, for coming on here and chatting with me and letting me kind of hit your brain a little bit and just, Hear about your process and thank thanks you. for hanging out with us, Matt. It was quite for a little bit, but we made it through. Thank you so much for having me, Danielle. It was really oh. lovely chatting with you. It was great chatting with you too. Thank you so much. That's all for this week's episode of the Makers Chat Podcast. If you haven't already joined us in the Makers Chat community over on Facebook, we would love to see you there. You can follow the Makers Chat Podcast on Instagram as well, and we would love to have you inside the community. This week, September 29th through October 1st, you can get inside the Mill Membership Group, which is a quarterly membership group 
for artists and makers running handmade businesses who are looking for a group of like-minded entrepreneurs to work on meeting their goals, talking about ways that we can grow our handmade businesses, and do the things that are actually going to move our business forward. If you're interested in finding out more about that group, you'll find a link in this episode, and we would love to see you inside the group. That's all for this week, and we'll see you next time.